0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to my Great Iron Guru podcast for the fourth episode called Fallout That Was Probably the Right Move. The description, the story of how Odell Beckham Jr. went from being drafted and popular in New York to his Anakin Skywalker-like fallout in New York and now being in Cleveland and what I think his future holds. Let's get started. Odell Beckham Jr. entered the 2014 NFL Draft coming out of Louisiana State University. He was drafted by the New York Giants 12th overall. His career got off to a weird start. He had to miss almost all training camp into the preseason, he was also inactive for the first four games of the season. In week five hosting the Atlanta Falcons, he made his first appearance, finishing with four catches, 44 yards, and one touchdown. He gradually got better as the weeks went by. In a week nine Monday night football loss to the Colts, he had eight catches, 156 yards. Week 12 is when he made news around the sports world with one of the most famous catches of all time. Hosting the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night, he made a seemingly impossible one-handed catch while being interfered with by Brandon Carr. Now on the Ravens. Despite the impressive catch, it was overshadowed by the Giants ultimately losing the game. He finished that game with 10 catches, 146 yards, two touchdowns. Odell Beckham Jr. ended the year with 91 catches, 1,305 yards, 12 touchdowns. Despite finishing six and 10, his last four games, week 14 to 17 in order, 11 catches, 130 yards, one touchdown; 12 catches, 143 yards, three touchdowns; eight catches, 148 yards, two touchdowns; and 12 catches, 185 yards, one touchdown. For a struggling team and for a guy who had to miss the first four games, that is amazing. If he had played all season, who knows what he could have done. Then ultimately, he was voted to be on the Madden cover for Man 16, beating out our beloved Robert Gronkowski. Sad retirement. 2015, the team again was a mess and they again finished 6-10. and This had more to do with close losses. He had another strong season, despite controversy late in the season. In a Week 15 game hosting the undefeated, at the time Carolina Panthers, in which the Giants lost 38-35, He was going against who was regarded to be the best cornerback at the time in Josh Norman, now in the Redskins. Throughout the whole game, those two got way too competitive. It led to shoving matches, punches, small fights. They both got penalized multiple times. The aftermath, OBJ was suspended one game, whereas Norman was fined. Overall, OBJ had 96 receptions, 1,450 yards, 13 touchdowns, 8 100-plus games to finish 5th in receiving yards. 2016 was the year the Giants were back and maybe could do damage. After a string of difficult years for the Giants, they ended up back in the playoffs with a 11-5 record. The big catalyst behind it was the play of OBJ and the much-improved defense. They went from 32nd-ranked and 442 points given up, third-most points given up in 2015, to 10th-ranked and 284 given up, second-fewest points given up in 2016. OBJ again had a strong year, 101 receptions, 1,367 yards, 10 touchdowns, highlighted by career-high 222 receiving yards and touchdowns against the Baltimore Ravens. The Giants for the wildcard game were visiting the Green Bay Packers. The Giants started out well leading 6-0, then after that, the game got worse from there, ultimately losing 38-13. It was very mysterious as to why a team with an improved defense, OBJ still being one of the best receivers, could play so bad and get destroyed badly. There's a common theory as to why the Giants looked so bad in the wildcard game. It was reported on January 2, 2017, that certain New York Giants players flew to Miami, Florida for a boat party. The players were all wide receivers. To go with OBJ, there was Sterling Shepard, Victor Cruz, and Roger Lewis. They are being part animals, I guess. What made this controversial was, it occurred six days before the blowout loss? That's actually not a bad theory as to why the team was blown out. Although Wickham Jr. in the playoff game was pretty bad, he only had four receptions, 28 yards, he also had at least three to four drops, even dropping one in the end zone. This pretty much led to the struggles the Giants have had to endure ever since, and partly the catalysts that led to OBJ being traded away. 2017 was a horrible year for OBJ. In August, during the second preseason game at, coincidentally, the Cleveland Browns, he suffered a sprained ankle. At first, it looked like a serious knee injury. He had to miss the Week 1 Sunday Night Football game at the Dallas Cowboys. In Week 5, it was probably one of the darkest days in New York Giants history, hosting the Los Angeles Chargers in Week 5, OBJ suffered a creepy injury shown on camera. He bent his left ankle in gruesome fashion in a game which they lost 27-22. Why I think this was one of the Giants' darkest days was because having lost that game, they were now 0-5. And also, their other receivers, Brandon Marshall, Dwayne Harris, and Stoic Shepper were injured in the same game. OBJ, Brandon Marshall, and Dwayne Harris had to go on injured reserve as a result. That 2017 ended up finishing through 3 with so much drama. Whether it was Eli Manning's unexpected benching, head coaching problems, team drama, injuries, that whole team was a dysfunction. In OBJ's four games played, he had only 25 receptions, 302 yards and 3 touchdowns. In March 2018, for some reason, trade rumors were going on that OBJ would be dealt for whatever reason. At that point between March and April of 2018, the frontrunners to land OBJ if he was traded would be the Los Angeles Rams. In April 2018, the New England Patriots traded wide receiver Brandon Cooks to them, which took the Rams out of the running. If someone wanted OBJ, the Giants' request was reportedly two first-round picks. Ultimately, in August, the Giants gave OBJ a 5-year extension worth $95 million. Despite getting OBJ back, the Giants were still a mess, starting 1-7. Even though OBJ's 1st run's pick, Staquan Barkley, were putting up good numbers, Eli Manning's noticeable aggression, bad luck, defensive breakdowns, held back the team. He has a history of temper tantrums that go back to 2015-2016. He had been known to throw temper tantrums when things didn't go his way or when the team was struggling. Some examples I can think of, in a Week 3 game back in 2016 hosting the Redskins, he threw a temper tantrum on the sideline then took off his helmet and hit it against a kicking nut, and it fell on him. In the blowout playoff loss I mentioned earlier in the locker room, OBJ punched a wall, which made a hole in the wall. In Week 6, during a Thursday night game hosting the Eagles, the Giants had struggled the whole first half, trailing 24-6. Then the second half, he had a breakdown against a cooling fan. He headbutted it, then punched it. It was not a good sign for a team that had already been struggling, now being 1-5. OBJ was forced to miss the final four games due to a quad injury. In spite of a not-very-good 5-11 and team, deteriorating QB play, not-very-good defense, OBJ still looked like his old self with five 100-plus games, 77 receptions, 1,052 yards, and six touchdowns. Most people would have never thought about, quote, trade rumors since he signed that five-year contract. Turns out rumors were continuing to go out in the public that it may actually happen. General Manager Dave Gettleman in January 2019 reiterated that OBJ would not be traded. When it got to around February and March, the rumors continued going on. It seemed like it was never going away. In February, the Athletics, Jay Glazer made a bold prediction that OBJ would be traded. What had also been reported was, according to NBC's Chris Sims, the Patriots, quote, most aggressively pursuing before the trade deadline last year. As a Patriots fan, I'm going to talk about how I would have reacted if we had got him in a trade. Among other reports about OBJ trade rumors, pro football talk's Mike Florio reported that the 49ers, quote, have had real interest for, quote, for nearly a year now. But trade rumors, again, it seemed like we're never going away. Jay Glozer reported it was still a possibility that OBJ could be traded. At this point around early March, the leading candidates to land OBJ, if he were to have been traded, would be either the 49ers, Patriots, Browns, and Raiders. A CBS Sports employee reported the most connected two teams were the Niners, Rays, and Browns. An NFL Network employee reported the Browns were willing to give up guard Kevin Zeitler, defensive end Emmanuel Ogbam, to one other player for OBJ. An ESPN employee reported that the Giants are not putting OBJ on the trade market. Well-known ESPN employee Adam Schefter reports that the Giants are, quote, listing your trade offers from. If people are wondering how I'm able to list all these reports, I found it on Roto World. Search up Obel Beckham Jr. on Roto World, you can find all these news, old and current. Now here comes the most interesting part. On March 12, 2019, OJ was finally traded away to the Cleveland Browns. Shocking, right? The trade couldn't become official until March 13th. The Giants received a first-round pick, 17th overall, and the Browns' third-round pick, 95th overall, in safety, Jabril Peppers. Mismade waves around the league. There were critics and analysts who liked the trade, course, there were critics slash analysts who didn't like the trade. I think what made people so shocked about the trade was where he got traded to. The Browns' most football fans remember them as one of the most miserable sports teams since they got reinstated back in 1999. 20 years later, they now have Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Jackass Kareem Hunt, suspended eight games by the way, David Njoku, Antonio Callaway, and Odell Beckham Jr.'s best friend Jarvis Landry on offense. Quite the offense. (laughs) The Browns also had quite the offseason, adding more to the defense. As for the Giants, they're trying to replace Odell Beckham Jr. with Golden Tate, who just recently got suspended. The reason people to continue to laugh at the Giants is because they had arguably the worst offseason. They never made an effort to keep Pro Bowl safety Landon Collins. It led to a really ugly divorce between the two. Landon Collins ended up signing with the rival Washington Redskins to a six year, $84 million contract. They also traded Olivier Vernon to, coincidentally, the Cleveland Browns for guard Kevin Zeitler. To make the offseason worse, with the sixth overall draft pick, they took Daniel Jones, who nobody expected to go that early. Now onto my thoughts about this OBJ trade. I think from OBJ's side, it was a good move because, to be honest, the Giants seemed like we're going nowhere. I mean, it is true they were very competitive despite going 5-11. They did lose a lot of close games, and they did have one of the best running backs in Saquon Barkley. The whole Giants team was pretty much a mess. Not making an effort to keep Lennon Collins, trading Olivier Vernon, dysfunctional management in a toxic locker room. I think it was very noticeable OBJ didn't want to play for the Giants. He seemed ready to leave. He wanted to be on a winning team. He really wanted to win that bad. What has also become noticeable since both OBJ and Landon Collins left, they both have been badmouthing the Giants. OBJ felt, quote, disrespected by the Giants after the trade. Landon Collins is also salty by the Giants in an effort to keep him. He badmouthed Dave Gellman. How would I have reacted? I would have been so happy. If we get a notable name in the trade, I'm always happy. I welcome anyone with open arms. To be honest, even though it was said the Patriots were aggressive at the trade deadline, I have a hard time believing that a great head coach in Bill Belichick would consider someone as great as OBJ. I mean, it is true 12 years ago in 07, we did trade for Randy Moss. Who at the time did have some attitude problems, it was very noticeable. Whether it was on the field or off the field problems, Belichick managed to fix him for the most part, but he also had a strange divorce to the Patriots in 2010, when he was traded back to his old team, the Vikings. The Patriots have also traded for players with troubling history, like Josh Gordon, who had weed problems in 2018, even though he took some time off from the team late the season. Then he got suspended because of Jack smore on Roger Goodell. Another troubled player people forget that he was traded for was former defensive tackle Albert Haynesworth, who had many on-field problems. Before I end this podcast, I guess I should say a final conclusion. When I look at all this, I think for OBJ it was probably the right move since the team was in dysfunction. The Giants weren't ready to compete for a while. OBJ probably deserved his chance to win a ring, which he still has plenty of time to do. We'll just interesting to see if the Browns can live up to the hype with all the talent they now have. As for the Giants, they have to be lucky they have Saquon Barkley, or they could very well be a twin 14 or 115 team. And one more thing. I think with the likely downfall for a couple of years or for a while, it has the Star Wars Episode Three like feel to it. They had everything it seemed like everything was going to go well and then order 66 goes on the giants and they get rid of everyone and now look what their remains now this is kind of like an order 66 for them to be honest that's it for today's podcast that was a lot to talk about i'll be back for another podcast some other time